Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Singles Day, also known as 11-11, you know it. You shop a lot on this day, I'm pretty sure, whether you're single or not, yeah? It's the annual Chinese shopping extravaganza on November 11th, just round the corner, this Friday. Every year brings more companies, more countries and billions more into its fold. What started as an anti-Valentine's Day and a celebration of singledom has transformed into the biggest e-commerce shopping day of the year, hasn't it? And it continues to be the world's biggest shopping event. Gross merchandise value potentially reaching 1 trillion renminbi this year. That's according to Bain and Company. As COVID-19 measures and travel restrictions ease and consumers return to physical retail, how can the retail experience be reimagined? We're finding out more today from Claire Cormier-Tilke. She's head of Greater China at Heinz, which is a privately held real estate company. Thanks for joining us on the show, Claire. Thanks, Paraji. Glad to be here. So have you decided what you're going to buy on Singles Day? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't say that I have, but, you know, you were right in that lead-in, Paraji. I mean, Singles Day is a very big deal. You know, an online festival, it started with, you know, last year, $85 billion U.S. dollars in sales. That's up a million percent from 12 years ago when most people around the world had never heard of Singles Day. So, you know, the big headline for us as a property group is that this is a very big deal for brick and mortar real estate too. I mean, there used to be this fear that e-commerce would be the death of in-person shopping, but Mm -hmm. instead it's really just pushed us to this omni-channel everything reality. Give us more details of this omni-channel reality. What's expected on site? What do buyers, shoppers expect these days? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, look, first, when we think about the next generation who are so important for single day, they're three quarters of single day shoppers. When we look at Gen Z and millennials, they really focus on three things. We call it the triple crown, which is first curation, Second, community. And three, especially today, sustainability. So we're seeing brands, when we talk to our tenants, first, really focus on a memorable experience for the consumer. This is helping them get closer to their users. Um, Second, just a flywheel of sharing, first on the social media side, but also in person. And then third, we're just seeing young people who are looking to spend money in ways that reflect their values. So again, we think sustainability is the real trend we'll be seeing this year on Singles Day. Okay, so what does all of this mean for retail and industrial properties? Yes, well, it's a real blend. You know, we, we always used to use the phrase location, 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 but say with this, it's just given the scale of Singles Day, it's really three times is true. I think, you know, Barty, we're all guilty of this. We order something today and we want it delivered to us yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I was going to say nice five select. minutes, but you're more demanding <laughs> than I am. Even faster, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it just makes the, the site selection for logistics so critical. You know, I think of an example, we have a work with a very large omni-channel retailer in the Greater Bay Area in Southern China. And that site is 45 minutes to 45 million people. And it's because that connectivity to get deliveries out faster and further, it's just never been more important than it is today. So it really shows through in in holidays like Singles Day. Mm. Okay, so your advice to retailers who are looking to erect this physical infrastructure, whether it's stores or warehouses or fulfillment centers? 
Yeah, our advice is focus on locations that are relevant. You know, again, we focus so much on this next generation, and they're very experienced driven. And so we're seeing this play out, you know, for retailers, they may be taking smaller footprints, but to get to a more relevant location that's close to transit or that takes advantage of this blending of live, work, and play. I mean, COVID has never made us more conscious of where we live and what we're close to. So we're seeing that play out in so many themes. But when we look at our tenants and what they're really focused on, or, or all retailers, it's driving experience. And a lot of that is just being in a, in a location that means a lot to a consumer. So you're in charge of the greater China region. And of course, right now, there is a lot of speculation about whether China is about to end its COVID zero policies. But I am pretty sure that you will be able to tell us a lot about how that policy has shaped the retail market, has shaped the real estate and industrial sectors as well. Tell us exactly about the main developments you've noticed that could have a ripple effect even as we move forward. Well, I'll tell you what we feel on the ground here. Because we've been in and out of this COVID reality for some time, and the truth is that Folks are out, and they're seeking experience and connection. And so when we look at the footfall, for example, in Shanghai, in our, in our mixed-use properties or in our retail, it's very active. Even across the city, lines of folks who are buying iPhones or, or lining up for retail experiences. Or you know, as an example, we have a, an immersive theater in our retail center, which is very active, really packed with a, with a waiting list. So we think shoppers are resilient, consumers and urban citizens are very resilient, and we'll just continue to, to make our way through. The thing is, as retail shifted online, we have also seen businesses struggling to keep physical spaces open over the past few years. And while you say, yes, shoppers are returning in many markets, including in parts of China, I'm pretty sure that retailers are also rethinking how they can best provide that experience. Some analysts say that there is a trend now for smaller retail spaces across the market rather than mega malls. What have you noticed? Yeah, well, what we've noticed is that this has accelerated a trend that was already happening, really a push towards omni-channel and exercising that muscle of online and offline together. And so we're seeing, especially right now in the big China market, retailers and F&B have really been uh, pushed to combine their online experience and online promotions with offline. So folks who never would have considered delivery, for example, before, or here in Hong Kong where we work with some high-end F&B folks, they would not have considered a delivery or front door pickup, but for COVID. But now on the other side of it, or in a mixed reality of it, it's a very real part of their business plan. And so for retailers, some of them taking smaller footprint, that means a combination of online order and in-store pickup or in-store customization. And from a real estate perspective, we think it's actually very exciting because it gives the landlord more ways to participate in driving footfall, whether it's pop-ups or social media, photograph experiences. It's really this whole new reality, and we're all learning together. What's your advice to investors in this space, investors of commercial property and industrial property? And don't forget REITs, quite popular here in Singapore as well. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, like there's always the reality of focusing on, on the mile that we're in, but it's a marathon at the end of the day. And so, 
thinking about long-term growth and value. And so we think that comes back to the basic principles around uh, focusing on locations that we feel will be relevant in the long term for investors to think about quality and really flight quality and integrated asset management. So everything from the folks who are at the front door all the way through the experience of the real estate. And then also key drivers like ESG and sustainability. That that really matters and we think is only growing more important as we come together to just these times that we're living in today. Mm. Let's talk about sustainability. There has been much research on how to quantify this green premium, but I do know that a lot of investors are still struggling with this. So how can you help them? (laughs) Yes, well, Varati, we started our first green development fund back in the early 2000s. And to be honest, the market thought we were a bit crazy. Back then, people thought the only certified lead platinum building you could do would be a a tent in the forest. Um, Mm. But what we found is their top tenants demand quality corporate users and investors, they want to write checks that reflect their values. And today, if we look at the global Fortune 500, so 60 plus percent of those companies have taken carbon pledges, over a third of which are carbon pledges with real, very real milestones coming up in 2030. Um, and so, so much of that comes back to real estate. You know, 40% of carbon emissions come from real estate. There's a real responsibility on our side. So we're seeing that play through in investor capital markets, in the buildings that we build, in upgrades on the acquisition side. And we think that will only become more important as these corporate users seek to occupy buildings that are additive to the values that they've expressed very publicly. So so we do think that will play through in rents and and, in capital values. Here's the thing. There is also a movement for hybrid work or remote work in many countries. And I'm sure in China, there are discussions along those lines going on as well. So considering that and considering the changes in the world of retail and industrial and commercial property, what's your outlook moving forward? I mean, can things return to better than pre-COVID levels when it comes to this space? (laughs) <laughs> I love the positivity with which you ask that question. <laughs> I'm trying you know, to be optimistic. Always, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with it. I think it's always getting better. We're incredibly optimistic about this next generation of users. You know, many of the trends we're talking about, you know, online shopping, omni-channel delivery, work from home, these trends were already coming. They were accelerated by COVID. I mean, the next generation was very focused on these things. When we look at the proportion of online sales to offline, the younger generation always tended more heavily towards it. What COVID did really was make us all a little bit more millennial or Gen Z. And so I think it, it has accelerated this very exciting time of a blurring of product types. Again, this concept of live, work, and play. And for, you know, you brought up work from home or hybrid work for folks to make real active decisions about building community. How do they do that at work, at the office, or how do they, they choose to shop in places that reflect the life that they, that they want to live, they aspire to live. So it's 
frankly, in our view, never been a more interesting time in real estate, despite all of the challenges and you know the difficulties that many of us have all gone through. All right. You'll still need space. You just might use it a little differently than before. Thank you very much for that, Claire. Really appreciate your time today. Claire Cormier-Tilke, Head of Greater China at Heinz. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.